0: welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. I think we're on around episode 54, 55, something like that. I didn't check before uh, we started recording this week. Thanks if you're watching on YouTube, if you've downloaded and listened on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks again. Very good of you. And I hope you enjoy this week as you seem to most weeks looking at the reviews we get. Um, I'm Steve Lillis with me, my co-host, John Evans. You okay, John? Yeah,
1: very good, Steve. It's one
0: episode for each year of your life, isn't it? Hey, mate, I'm a bit nearer. What am I? No, I'm a bit older than that, mate, I'm afraid. I might have got a landmark next April, but I won't be, done, so I'm not going to be celebrating it. Anyway, Um, I'm glad you're okay, John. You'll be even better after Oldham at the weekend, mate. Last-minute winner. You are injury-time winner against a team that's one been winning for weeks. Uh, there's not been a day like that at Boundary Park since Joe Roy was manager, I don't think. Yeah,
1: re- relegation battle in... Um... In November, aren't we? It's going to be a long, hard slog. This, but uh, God knows what's going to happen. We could have a new manager next week. So <laughs>
0: it's,
1: it's one one bright day in a in a pile of mire, to be honest. <laughs>
0: anyway, a special guest this week a man who knows he's football. He knows he's boxing even better. Um, he's been on Bell to Bell before. Top journalist. He's at the Daily Star. I think is his main paper, but he's Daily Mirror. Daily Express, or is it Reach PLC? They say now, these journalists. Is Chris McKenna. You okay, Chris? I'm good, mate. I'm just annoyed. John stole my
2: joke about the age. Was, <laughs> I, was, I just had that one lined up as well. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, all good, mate. I work for any paper will have me, basically. Yeah.
0: Are you Reach PLC? Do we have to call you now? I saw um, my pal, Dean Wilson, who's a cricket writer in a mirror. He, he puts Reach P- um, boxing, right cricket correspondent at Reach PLC for his. Uh, social media um, account now, so I'll call you Reach Chris.
2: Nah, I, I stick Daily Star first. I'll yeah, look yeah. after the people who brought me in.
0: Yeah, mate, lordy, mate, lordy. Old school you, mate. One of the few old school boxing journalists left. You're about the last of them you'll be in a few years' time, mate. I keep getting called old school. I think it's because yeah. of the receding hairline, but I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're, you're old school. You're, you're, you're still a baby compared to me, <laughs> and, you are, and you're, you're, you're like the last of the old school. Um, you know, quite fiery, have you say, you know, you're you're yeah, you're definitely old school, mate. You come on you come under that um, banner. I'll take it as a compliment, pal. <laughs> anyway, well, we're ready to go this week, fellas. You know how it works, Chris. Three minutes on each subject, and then John gets his he's uh, bell out to silence us. John, are you all ready to go this week? And I think you're gonna start to go. with um is he the best? Who?
1: Yeah, talking about Terence Crawford after last night when he, he stopped Sean Porter in the 10th round. And I was, I was thinking about Crawford's career since he came over and boxed Ricky Burns. Or before that, when we saw him box Breedis Prescott on short notice. And I was just wondering, is he the, is he the best fighter since Floyd? You know, the other people who come into the equation, you'd, you'd have Andre Ward um, went unbeaten, didn't he? Had, came through them two fights with Kovalev. Lomachenko was great. He's been beaten a couple of times. Gonzalez... Um, Roman Gonzalez, great but coming to the end, Canelo Usyk is in there but Crawford, he just seems so versatile, he can do everything I've, we've never seen him come close to losing, the fight with Porter is probably as close as it's ever gotten, he stopped the guy in the 10th, he can be aggressive, he can be he can outbox you he can outthink you, if he chose to do it, he could probably bore you to death and grind you down over 12 rounds nobody seems to be able to pose him a problem he can't solve um, Spence, uh, well away is, I suppose, the ultimate fight for him, unless he decides to go up to one five four. But I'm not sure we've seen a fighter as unbeatable, maybe Usyk apart since Floyd.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it. I think the problem for Crawford has been that he hasn't really had, I suppose, the competition, the fights we've seen. Obviously, with with Porter was the big test, and we knew how good Porter was in comparison to who else he'd faced, and in the division, he'd faced everybody else, basically, the top guys that are around now, and I think last, this weekend showed that, like, his level at welterweight, and now I think he has that argument. Me, myself, personally, I think there has been better fighters since him, but if he can go up to, like, middleweight and and go up and dominate there, after if he goes and cleans up the welterweight division, I'd love to see him become undisputed welterweight champion. I think that would really, really kind of Lay down a mark, and I think that's what's got to be next for him. But until then, for me, I think he still lies behind to say what Canelo's achieved um, at Usyk and Usyk, and to an extent, Lomachenko. But John's, John's definitely right. He, he can do everything. It seems he can be aggressive. He can stand off you. He can just pick you apart. Whichever it is, he can. He can wait until the tenth round when he's told that he's losing, which was a clever tactic, and then turn it on like that mm. as well. Brilliant.
0: What's so amazing, I remember being in the Box Nation studio with Buncey the night he beat Bradus Prescott when he stepped in at about five days' notice. And I knew the name, but people expected Prescott to beat him, I think, that night. I think Prescott may have been the favourite. That's our man. The only, i tell you a fight, you use something there, John, um, who's looked so unbeatable since Floyd. I think you've got to throw Inouye in there as well. Anyway, sorry, yeah, because you know he, he's looked more unbeatable, yeah, I think, than any, anyone in the world.
1: He got, he got pushed to the limit and got by by,
0: by by Nanito, but he's still pretty un, unbeatable, I think. I think you yes. know th- these things about you know best fighters since is, is very, very hard. I don't uh-huh. over to you, Chris. It has to happen,
2: yes. Yeah, so I continue on about that. It's Crawford Spence. There is no other to welterweight. I don't. Don't want to hear about them having any other defences. I know Spence hasn't had a fight in a while. I know he had the eye injury and the, the Pacquiao fight fell through, but I I just don't think they can wait anymore. I, I think Crawford's age, uh, Spence's age to an extent, he's, he's often still seen as a young fighter, Spence. He's not really anymore. He should be at his peak now. This should be his best. I know he's had the care accident. I know he's had the eye injury, but this is the time for the fight. Crawford said this weekend he's not re-signing with top rank. He's going in. He's going to be a free agent. So there's no promotional issues. There's no politics now. He can sign with BBC. He can do one fight deal. He can do whatever he wants. That fight has to happen. And then we would really know who the best at welterweight is. On last night's evidence or this weekend's evidence, you would look and you'd say, it's got to be Crawford. But I still think we need to see him in there with Spence, see what the size of Spence and see what problems he can pose. Him. But no more excuses. Get it on. Get the fight done. It has to happen. No more waiting two, three years because one of them will get beat.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree. I think you've said everything I would say, Chris, but um, it's just where he's going to go for himself now. I mean, the the obvious home for him now is the PBC because they could make the Spence fight in a heartbeat, you know, maybe give them both an interim fight and meet this time next year to really build it up. But you know what? I I wouldn't sleep on someone like Probellion who seemed to have a fortune sweeping him up. And of course, Richard Schaefer, who's uh, the head at Probellion, he can work with PBC. He's had a good... Oh, he's had a relationship with them for, for many years, but you just, you, you know what, these, these fights like this, the, you know, it's the it's the best fight in boxing that can be made now. I'm just so, we see so many of these fights happening too late. You just wonder, is it going to happen in two years, you know, when it would be far too late because someone else who's promoting them might see, you know, it's beneficial to go another direction, not getting beat. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that's the worry, isn't it? But I just wonder, like Chris says, is everything just, We've been talking about it for a long time anyway, haven't we? You know, and it's it's finally now. Crawford's cleared the last obstacle. Um it, I don't think it can. We can wait another year, eight, 18 months, because they're both so big. But Crawford yeah. was big last night, and Spence is, I'm saying it, but I, I think he's bigger than Crawford. You know, they're both going to be fighting to stay at Welterweight for a long while now. If we both move up to 154, there's other people who could be better at the weight, you never know. It's got to happen next. It's got to happen at 147.
0: Yeah, I'm just frightened if they go with the same promoter, they might try and build the fight to milk it out a bit. That's why I'm saying that, John. That's my fear that might delay it for a year. Because well, these things do, do it, happen. Do,
2: do look at the heavyweight division.
0: Round three, it's um just... um one I want to get your opinion on, fellas, particularly, is Demetrius Andrade. Um, look, it was a great performance the other night against uh, Jason Quigley, but... It's what, you know, without all, rest- all due respect to Jason, who's really as the fringe contender, you know, from his performance if he's seen, um, it's what a good fighter should do to the likes of Jason Quigley, get him out the way there. Um, him, you know, him against, you know, Andrade against... Jamal Charlo is a cracker. Um, I've no idea what Chris Mannix was doing, tweeting this. The, what is it? The, the best fight in boxing or, or the, the biggest fight in yes. boxing right now? I mean, that was just fucking madness. I don't know what he was on that morning on Saturday morning. But look, it's a great fight. And you know what? I'd still fancy Charlo to come through when you've got two really good fighters that that meeting. For me, I love, I, I can watch Andrade because he, he fights for that minute around where he's absolutely brilliant. We saw that particularly in the Liam Williams fight. You know, he'd be outstanding for like 60 seconds in a round, and then he'd let Williams back in the round, and that's what made it competitive. He's a fighter, I think I said last week, John, if he could do it for every for three minutes around, he would be up there with the modern greats. So I just wonder what you guys thought of uh, Andrade and where he's, where he could stand.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt he's a brilliant fighter. I mean, he has been guilty of, of kind of taking his foot off the gas and fights. I thought he did that against Liam Williams. I thought he had Williams hurt and he could have got the stoppage. And I think that's where maybe he suffered. It's, he's a bizarre fighter in that. That fight against Quigley took place, I think it was an hour, an hour and a half from his hometown. There was empty seats everywhere. And most of the crowd there were Irish people supporting Quigley. And that's just wrong. He's a two-weight world champion, undefeated American. Why isn't he like Why hasn't he really ever? I know he had promotional issues earlier in his career, and, and he's been with Eddie a while now. But I, th- I think, yeah, there's there's a great fighter there, but something he needs to be pushed more. He needs to go out maybe and deliver more performances like he did against Quigley. Yes, you can argue, argue that Quigley was, I don't want to use out of his depth, but he he was just kind of overwhelmed by Andrade. But he needs more performances like that. The Charlo fight, great fight. The winner of Golovkin, Morata, great fight. There is really big fights over. It. And maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs that big event, big fight to go out and really kind of grab the public's attention. I just wonder if
1: Andrade does get the big fight where he's he's got that little bit of fear, like a Golovkin or a Charlo. Will, on the big stage, when he gets his opportunity, will he go negative? You know, will he use his advantages and will he stay safe and will he stink it out? But we don't know until we, until we get there. And I'll tell you what, he deserves it, doesn't he? You know, he's been a champion long enough now. Uh, we've got to see exactly what Andrade's capable of.
0: That's right. I mean, how long ago was it he beat Brian Rose? Or oh, Vane's Marta Rosson, I think it was, to win the winner, yeah. junior middleweight. <laughs> Round four, Chris, um, you want to talk about a bit of cheerleading in boxing? Right, go on, strong. yeah, I'll... Oh, oh, sorry, again. John, it's John on... Oh, that's Talked me. About... John, John wants to talk <laughs> cheerleaders. So you
1: mentioned Chris Mannix talking utter bullshit about Andrade. He, he's just the latest person guilty of this. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Dazone's post-fight interviews with Kiko Martinez and Baumgardner. it was like the guy was doing a, eul- a eulogy at a funeral. He couldn't have been more miserable that those two guys had upset set the odds. <laughs>
0: you on don't... Saturday
1: night, we had... Um, <laughs> Adam Aziz, you know, clearly gonna... a phenomenally talented kid him. You know, he can really box. You, we, his fight lasted four minutes. We had mention of a world title and Prince Nassim Ahmed. And he said the kid he beat had never felt anything like it, Stuart Greener. Well, he got done in less than a minute by Mark Chamberlain a month ago. Oh, I just don't understand who benefits from this. You know, if you're saying these kids are the best, people who do know what they're talking about brush it off as bullshit. And people that don't know what they're watching start thinking, well, why is he not fighting anybody good? And it just builds up the pressure to rush them. I, I don't see any benefit in just talking them up to this level so quick. You, you can build people up and talk them up without anointing them the second coming. There's got to be a better way to do it because at the moment it's just
0: cheerleading. John, you're so right. When you told me you were doing this subject, I wrote down Adam Aziz against Stu Greener. Um, you know, you know, Adam Aziz Azim could become a very good fighter. I was yeah. told about him about. Oh, he was using the gym, gym in Surrey that my friend trains at for a little while. His dad took it. it the, I think it was Azim and his brother. Anyhow, that's irrelevant. He looked excellent against Stuart Green. But the way he was being sold, look, and go, look, I know there's a lot of problems in matchmaking at the moment. But guys like Stu and Phil Williams, who were on last night, they're journeymen on the small hall circuit. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be on Sky TV or, or, or any, any other channel. Um, and they, look, it's just what we get. I think with broadcasters now, it's the same with football. There's no such thing as a bad game. There's no in-between. Everything's, everything's brilliant and sensational and the greatest you ever. And I just think it's what we're getting in so many sports now.
2: I think it's, it's a kind of a problem of the competition now, isn't it? That these broadcasters now feel probably from within as well, that they have to justify their existence. So Sky Sports or BT's bosses or the Zone's bosses, why are we paying for this boxing? Is it any good? So they're kind of all over their own stuff. Whereas, I get your point, Steve, on football, there's no bad games, but you still have valued criticism. You still have maybe a Roy Keane coming. He's not that good, that player. Let's calm down on this player. Whereas with boxing and, and broadcasters, it just all seems to be just like, Everything has to be yeah, the next big thing. We always have to compare every fight. And look, I'm not gonna say tabloids, we're we're guilty of it times too. We compare yeah. fighters to Naz or, or Joe Calzaghi if it's a Welsh fighter, just because it gives that kind of
0: thing, but I do think it's a it's a problem of the competition. Chris, uh, who pr- promoters having a pop at each other now? Round five.
2: It's more promoters having a pop at other fights that are right. good fights. It's just I do not get it. I promoters ask for their opinion a lot especially now in in the the kind of age where it's there's YouTube there's cameras put in front of them every five seconds they're doing interview after interview and that's a good thing fair play to them but there's there's this thing where they need to they all need to do they all seem to need to think they need to knock down other fights when they're good fights there's no problem calling out bad fights there's no problem calling out people that shouldn't have world title shots there's no point calling out or there's no problem sorry calling out bad mismatches and stuff that's dangerous for the sport. That's what they should be to do. They are one of the key stakeholders in the sport. They need to do it. But this thing where, and I'm, I'm only picking them out. I'm not saying it's just him because they're all at it. I've seen a clip of Eddie Hearn last week saying Crawford spends $70. That's going to tank. Okay, you can say it's too expensive. You can argue that. But why are you saying it's going to tank? Why are you putting that negative energy into the fight? You should be saying what a great fight it is. What? Fair play to Sean Porter for pushing for the manager stays. Fair play to Crawford for taking on the fight. We all, and what happens is it to these promoters is it comes back and it bites them because Terence Crawford's a free agent now, so why well, Eddie Hearn surely would want to sign him? If, if he doesn't, he's mad. So maybe Crawford will say, "Well, you said I wasn't worth seventy bucks, so why should I come to you?" All of these things comes out. it's happened to promoters as well. Josh Warrington because he flipped about different promoters said different things about him, and it all comes back. It all changes the story when they're on their side. So it's a madness. Just if it's a good fight, I don't get why you have to knock it. Why do you have to say, oh, it's sold no tickets? Or wh- what you should be saying is, why aren't people buying tickets for this fight? It's a great fight. I get it. You've got to promote your own shows, but let's not kill the sport by just probably being negative on everything just because it's a competition. And it's everybody who does it, not just Eddie Hearn.
0: You know, I think hasn't helped it in this country, Chris. It's not a knock at them because they do a great job. They're at every press conference. You know, every, you know their, their their traction's incredible. You know that, that that they've created. You know the you know it's become a monster in the nicest sense is IFL because they just play Eddie and Frank against each other all the time and then weekly interviews. I don't think that helps the matter either. What's your opinion of this, John?
1: Yeah, exactly the same. It's I'm, I was trying to equate it to football and. You don't get a manager saying "No, that's a terrible game. You know, they promote the Premier League as a whole, don't they? And everyone watches all the matches on all the different channels. I'm sure if they they promote rivals' fights, you know, say, look at this. You know, why is no one buying tickets to this fight? It helps the sport grow as a whole, doesn't it? We need boxing still. I think it's a pretty much a minority sport when you look at who's actually interested. And we need all the fights to do well. We need all the channels to be watched and we need pressure on to make the big fights.
0: Oh. Uh, round six, final round. Is Canelo bigger than the sport? Um, I just want to, yeah, again, your guys, are, particularly you, Chris, as the guest Importantly, you know, he's jumping to fight Ilunga Makubu and it shows um he can do what he wants. He can, you know, he, he has become, as you say, we're a minority sport and, and Canelo's become bigger than that sport or the, the side of the sport who are, you know, he, he, is, he is the biggest attraction in the sport, most probably way above anybody else at this moment in time. Um, I don't like people saying he, he's cherry-picking macuba I mean, he's beat the ball, but he can punch Makuba, and he's been in some thrillers. If anyone, I mean, only boxing die are going to watch this. So I'm sure you've all seen the... The Kudryshoff fight. The only thing I'll say, you know, Canelo, the last couple of two and a half years, Khalid Plant, Billy Joe, Callum Smith, Kovaloff, Jacobs. I mean, that's a sensational run. And people were saying, Triple G twice before that and people are still saying he's cherry picking and moving up it's madness the only thing I'll say about Canelo is that he's a completely sport brat the way people run around him all the time from what I've witnessed before I've even seen people waiting outside for the toilet for him to make sure he was alright but, but but a press conference for Liam Smith it was madness all the, all these golden boy promotions people about 10 of them around him taking him on the pitch to kick a ball with Liam Smith he wanted to go to the loo and suddenly they all went to the loo with him it's like a president. It's like if someone was going to shoot, would shoot a president, and all the bodyguards jumped on top. But instead, they waited out the loo outside the toilet while he had a wee. Anyway, That's so all Is he bigger than the sport, Chris?
2: I mean, that that was before he even fought Golovkin, and <laughs> that was a, yeah, quite, yeah. He's gone another level since then. So I don't know what happens with the toilet procedures <laughs> nowadays. But uh, look, is he bigger than the sport? Yeah, he probably is. Um, he's. I think he's in the territory of Mayweather now, where. Mayweather well just did what he wanted, called the shots, fought for whatever titles he wanted because everybody just wanted to be involved with him. Like, I don't know who is the number one contender for the WBC Cruiserweight title. I know Riakor uh, had an eliminator this weekend, but it wasn't a flying eliminator. Um, So if I was the number one contender, I'd be pretty <laughs> peeved off that uh, if this geese is just coming up from super middleweight. But Who's going to say no to him? WBC and because he brings so much money to them. Uh, McCabry's Macab- not going to say no because he's probably going to get his highest payday, maybe times five, whatever he's getting for this fight. I don't think they've even talked financial stuff. He's just agreed to it. But And I think that just shows you how big he is, that he can just go up in weight, uh, two weight divisions, get a world title shot. But I mean, people who say he's cherry-picked, I mean, what do you want from the guy? He goes back up to super middleweight, in a pandemic, gets promoters involved, rival promoters, all to pay him stupid money, um, and he fights three world champions and get, gets rid of a nonsense mandatory that could have been problematic. But he didn't just do what some people do, which is, like, oh, I've got that mandatory. I'm not going to fight it for six months. He goes, nah, that's an easy fight. I'll fight in February then and get it out of the way so I can fight Billy Joe Saunders in May. I mean, that's what you want from boxing, and he's bigger than the sport. He will always have the blemish on his record of the failed drugs test but he deserves to be as big he was, and he deserves all the money he gets offered because he's shown everybody how it's done in regards to just fighting the best all the time.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't he? He could probably set the weight limit for Macabu, couldn't he? he yeah, yeah, I was thinking he was probably he will do,
2: yeah.
1: If he said 185, but WBC would probably bend over for it. But yeah, at, at least he's going about it the right way. Canelo could, as you, you've both said it, Canelo could do whatever he wanted, on whatever time scale he wanted. But to give him his credit, he's taking on unbeaten guys, dangerous guys, fellow champions, and he's doing it quickly. And I remember speaking on this about, God, it must be about a year ago on this podcast, where we said we hope the other fighters would follow Canelo's lead because what Canelo does other people seem to follow, you know, that's the most popular thing. We used to do it with Floyd. And I was hoping that people would follow Canelo's lead about being active and, and fighting good competition. But that's not quite worked yet, has it?
0: No, as no, I, I think, yeah, you know, other world champions to fight four times in a year—they ju- just don't want to. I mean, I don't think Gary Russell's fought four times in five years, has he? And he's still a world champion.
2: Yeah, well, that makes a mockery the sport, doesn't it? That he hasn't been stripped, whereas you're talking about Tyson Fury potentially being stripped or not if he doesn't fight Dillian White, and he's just had a defence. But that's a whole another debate. But um, yeah, Canelo just, just different. He's a different breed and and as John said, Why don't more champions do it? Because he's shown it's possible. Um he's shown that you can do it and he he's shown he's getting better and more kind of traction behind him by doing it because when he's fighting in these shorter time spans, people aren't forgetting about him. It's not like he's going away and disappearing for six to eight months and then oh, Canelo, oh that's that fella. He's so every three months he's in the ring and people go, Oh yeah, great, he's back again and that's great for the sport and Look, there's the other side of it, the dangers of it, more sparring because he's more active, more fights, more punches he's taking, but that comes with the sport. And he can retire a little earlier than maybe what he's planned because he will have achieved everything he's wanted in such a short time because he's going to run out of things to achieve soon. I mean, I'd guess his plan now is go up to Cruiser, win this world title. I don't think he's going to stay there, but I think he's going to do what he kind of did with super middleweight because he get this time right, he went up and fought Rocky Field and then he went to light heavy Yeah. and then he came back down and I think that period at light heavy going up, he kind of puts on the muscle, doesn't have to cut too much but then when he gets his kind of strength for the weight, cuts the weight, comes back down, I think he'll do that with Cruiser and come back down to light heavy and then go after Better Betteviev and, and uh, those guys at that weight when they're a little older as well and that is being clever too and You have to. That's managing it. But Floyd was great at that. He took on all comers, but he also knew the right time to take on people too. So,
1: you've you've missed out the 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 finale to his career. Go on. Alan Babbich
0: for the WBC Bridgeweight. <laughs> oh, hey! I tell you what, he couldn't hey, jump the bridge. Of, I, Babich I, Babich I, I think top three of the rankings. And he, would be
2: Alan be the... he would be Alan Babbich. He would be Alan Babbich at
0: heavyweight if they wanted to. At <laughs> but you know what? I think that's a great point you make, Chris, about being out to retire early. Because he might be thinking, here, you know, he's he's a businessman. He might be thinking, well, oh, I keep active now. You know, I want to retire in three years anyway. Well, if I retire in three years and carry on two fights a year, that's six fights. I could I could cram in twelve fights in these three years and make three times as much money. But John, what I don't know if you got any 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 inside tracks. I know you you know. You know, Zach Parker. Well, this could this could fall nicely for Zach Parker because he's unlikely to hold on to his WBO super middleweight unless they make him some super-duper champion and let someone else fight for it. Um, I, I wouldn't be sure if we saw Zach Parker against Danny Jacobs for that WBO super middleweight now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I know Neil more than Zach, but um, you can guarantee that Neil's got a plan in place. Yeah, you know, he'll, he'll have plan A, B and C and D. Um, and I know if he wanted Jacobs... Uh, they wanted Lemieux, they wanted Jacobs, so all those guys Parker would fight tomorrow, We would agree to fight them tomorrow. So if we're not saying if Canelo gets Canelo will manage to keep some version of the WBO super yeah. middleweight title on it. Yeah. So whichever WBO belt they be invent for super middleweight, Parker would be would be happy to fight whoever they put in front of him for that. That's for that where it um, shows he's be title.
0: That shows why he's bigger than boxing. The WBO or invent some gold belt for him or make him some yeah. yeah, Emiratis champion. If you want to fight for it, the champion has to fight you instantly.
2: Yeah, remember a few years ago, he fell out big with the WBC and it was the first Golovkin fight. He refused yeah. to pay the sanction yeah. But now they can't give him Now His house must be adorned in various WBC <laughs> belts that he's getting <laughs> from all these fights. Maybe that's why he wants to fight so active. Maybe he likes the, the belts and he just likes hanging them up because he <laughs> comes up with some crazy belts for him. I have to say, every time there's a new name for all these, these mad belts, but fair play.
0: But when you're that big, everyone wants see If you're you know, not carrying the sport on your back, but you're the biggest attraction in the sport, uh, bigger what, than the sport, if, you can do what, what you want. Yeah, you know,
1: I generate a lot of money. I'm only paying you half a percent sanctioning fee.
0: Yeah, he can do that. It's almost what, what, like...
1: What, how, how low do you think Maurizio... Do you think Maurizio would even accept zero just to have his belt and his face on the pitches and stuff like that? Do you think he's no, that keen? Maybe no, not zero, but a minimal zero. amount they
0: would they would accept to be seen. Because you think when he's defending the WBO Championship against Billy Joe, was it, you know, you know, and suddenly, you know, the, the Puerto Rican guy in charge of the WBCs giving the big green, you know, especially, especially you know... That, that, them sort of things. You're going to think, "Hey, I should be there," and all that. We, hey, you know what? We all do. I see pictures and mates of mine at football matches, and I think, "Oh, I'm not there today. I'm gutted." This is a lot bigger than that. We're talking money, but yeah, they'll do what they want to be seen with Canelo. Hey, when you, bit. you know, it's like you know, you'd want to, you know, if, if when I was twenty or twenty-five, I wanted to be seen with Cindy Crawford on my arm. Would I? Never in a million years. That's
2: another dream you're having, mate. But no, you know I'm always dreaming, is.
0: mate. I'm always great you know, I... about
2: Mauricio. Is how quickly he gets that WBC T-shirt on them. Absolutely, oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely drenched with sweat. Usually, yeah. you can't get anything with fabric over it. Somehow, gets it over them can over their head can, and gets it on to make sure. Can you imagine? Back- you know, you, you've achieved your lifetime
1: goal. You've got, you've won the world title. and You're posing for your pictures, and he's trying to get that T-shirt on you. <laughs> yeah.
0: oh. The best you one, know, obviously.
1: Well, <laughs> don't that T-shirt would be off you know, yeah. let me have my pictures and then I'll carry a stupid
0: T-shirt around. I'll tell you who does love a picture. We're going off there, and I tell you, I saw one this week. I forget who it was. Who, who won the big fight on the zone last week? Um, there's so many fights on at the minute. And it was uh, um, all the team are in um, having a picture with this boxer. You know, he's had a big win. They're all smiles. It's a lovely picture. And suddenly you see David Diamanti in the middle of it holding the arm up. <laughs> David's Dave another man who, who, who loves a picture.
2: There's a lot of those guys in boxing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> what a sport for that! Uh, that's why right, John Evans—we call him John Selfie Evans, Chris. Between us, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one hates no one hates a selfie more than Evans. I'm telling you, Chris. You know, I, I
1: don't take. I, I, I don't take them. I, I couldn't tell you when I last took it.
0: His- I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. No one love Anyway, fellas, thanks for um this week, Chris. Um, great insight as always, and great knowledge uh, great that you stood out that you're doing a great job for boxing and keeping it fresh in the daily stocks whereas other a lot and a lot of the other guys are struggling to get lines uh it, you keep that you keep up doing that mate you're last of a dying breed my friend uh, hopefully i'm not dead soon then i <laughs> know uh, you've got plenty of time and you're definitely not dead john you're too lively mate uh, talking space science on Twitter I saw earlier discussing it with Jamie Cox I mean (laughs) you you and Jamie hey Twitter's an awful place but Jamie Cox and and John Evans discussing space science (laughs) that's what Twitter was invented for (laughs) cheers thanks fellas and thanks everyone for listening
1: for all boxing info news and latest interviews amateur and pro across the north click and subscribe VIP Boxing Promotions Also Twitter, Instagram and Facebook